0: O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day, for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, for the salvation of souls, the reparation of sins, the reunion of all Christians, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father this month. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So yesterday I was teaching the children in this academy we have here about the Beatitudes. It was a very interesting discussion um, because we started by praying the Hail Mary. And of course, in that prayer, we hear the word blessed twice. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Blessed. So what does blessed mean? That's where we started the talk. What does blessed mean? Some kids said it means you're holy. well, it could it could mean that, but that's not the fullness of what it means. What it really means is uh, the, that you have found favor with God, that he has poured out his love upon you. um you're being graced. That's what blessed means. And so, from there, uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, first came the commandments. so, Are the Beatitudes sort of the commandments of the New Testament? Well, I I wouldn't say that per se. Uh, Similar, but uh, not quite, because the commandments are laws. These are commands, they are not options. Um, The commandments are uh, very firm, you could say, Uh, there's no wiggle room. it was uh, God is saying, this is the way you must live your lives. If you want to be my children, if you want to be my children. So when people tell me today, like they, they don't really believe all the commandments need to be followed. <laughs> I say, well, when did God remove them? When did he re- revoke them? He hasn't. In fact, Jesus came and said, I have come to fulfill the law, fulfill the law. But n- nothing takes away, not a letter of the law can be taken away. And so the commandments are really uh, a way that we could find a life of holiness and happiness with God. When you think about laws in general, and in the last uh, three years, we've seen great wonderful examples of this, although they were very disturbing. When you remove the law, you have anarchy, you have chaos. So laws, although many people don't like all the laws, They're there to create order, order. Laws bring forth order when they're made for the good of the citizen. Now, there can be some bad laws that are made to hurt the citizens. Uh, Making abortion into law was a bad law, because that's now killing the citizens of a country. That's what it was doing. Abortion is killing the citizens of the country who have not yet been born. So that was a terrible law. But in general, most laws are created for the purpose of creating order and stability in civilization. And so that's a good thing. Now, what we saw in the George Floyd writing when police presences were absent, when mayors told the police to stand down, was complete and utter chaos where businesses were destroyed uh, Buildings set on fire, cars set on fire, uh, mass looting of shops where all the the products of a store were being stolen. So you have theft, you have chaos, you have murder, you have violence and devastation. Those are the calling cards of Satan. Do you see how when you remove order, you open up a door to Satan's kingdom? Now... I don't know why people can't see this. This is just basic common sense. And now we even have witnessed it. We watched it on TV, or if you lived in these cities, you experienced it right out your doorstep. So the commandments are there to create order, civility, and God is also revealing his own heart in giving us those commands. This is how he wants us to behave. So I would say in in many ways the commandments are blessings for us if we follow them. So in that way, I do see, uh, the Beatitudes as being similar to the commandments in some way. However, let me step off the commandments for a second. Beatitudes are not commands. This is a, uh, this is when Jesus kicks off his sermon on the Mount. He starts it with these, with these blessed are you when, uh, and the word beatitude comes from the Latin, beatit, uh, beatitu, beatitudo, which just means blessed or blessedness. So the phrase blessed are, in each beatitude implies, a current state of happiness or well-being. And this expression, it, it held a powerful meaning uh, of like a divine joy and perfect happiness, a shalom, so to speak, to the people of Christ's day. So, in other words, Jesus was saying, uh, "Divinely happy and fortunate will you be who possess these inward qualities." So, these are sort of a lifestyle of living. And while speaking of our current blessedness, each pronouncement also promises a future reward. Now, if you if you look at the word beatitude, it's sort of saying it's a be attitude. It's a way of being. It's a lifestyle. It's a choice that you make in your mind on how to move through life. So in that way, you know, it is a similar, uh, to the, it's similar to the commandments, but more broad is a broadness to the beatitudes because they don't kind of single out particular acts rather. They, they, uh, they highlight particular, um, way of being, particular um, attitudes towards life. Have you ever heard when you were a child growing up, uh, uh, your parent would say to you, I don't like your attitude. You were probably doing something uh, mean or cranky or complaining or whiny. I don't like your attitude. So the Beatitudes are an attitude for holiness. The Beatitudes are an attitude for holiness. These are Uh, a blueprint for how to become a saint, they in no way dismiss the commandments. In no way. They must be worked side by side together, hand in glove, dovetailed together, Beatitudes in concert with the commandments. So let's look at them uh, for a second. These are found in both Matthew and Luke, uh, Matthew chapter 5, Luke chapter 6. two that stand out to me today are blessed are the pure in heart, uh, for they will see God, and blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. When I look out, not so much in my neighborhood, because I live in a very good part of the the world. Uh, The people are very kind here, and the people are very thoughtful here. But when I watch the news, when I turn on the news, I don't see a lot of purity of heart. Um, because the media is controlling the narrative, and the media is filthy-minded, filthy-minded, Hollywood, uh, Madison Avenue, uh, New York City, Broadway, all of it, filthy-minded. There is no purity of heart, and they're they're producing filth and exporting it through TV sets, and phones, and ads, and magazines, and big screen Hollywood movies it's filth we pay good money to watch other people sin filth 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 stop doing that so that's the one we were not seeing a lot of purity of heart now if you were to come to my parish you would see many people with purity of heart and purity of heart it begins internally and then it comes out of the person externally through their actions their behaviors and their appearance so, if you really have a pure heart, you're going. it's going to be exemplified through the way you live. Uh, and then the second one that stands out are, blessed are the peacemakers. For they will be called sons of God. Are you a peacemaker? Do you seek peace over conflict? Do you seek peace rather than conflict? Um, some people hate conflict, but they run away from it instead of trying to bring peace into the situation. That's... Not a peacemaker that's a survivalist uh but not a peacemaker so peacemakers they first they start by praying because true peace only comes from god peace is not the absence of chaos and violence peace is a blessing that comes down from god given to those who love him and follow him and so true peace has to come begin and begin with god but then second, God will motivate you and inspire you, after you're praying, to somehow bring peace into a situation. I've told this many times to you, but sometimes when I'm seeing total chaos, uh, I just say, let there be light, and I speak it out over the chaos, and And more often than not, 90% of the time, something shifts, and the, the chaos diminishes. There's so much power in God's Word, um, and then... Uh, Often, if it gets if there's a bigger issue with a demon, then I have to uh, cast the demon out in the name of Jesus. But peace it should be sought by every God-loving person. Our Lady has been appearing for forty some odd years every day in Medjugorje as Our Lady Queen of Peace. In in uh, Bosnia, the word for peace is Mir M I R and in that first year of her appearances uh, in the sky appeared the words mirror three times mir 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 peace 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 she desperately is looking for children who have peace first in their hearts and then who are bringing that peace into the world very important very important in our day every day add to your prayer uh, intentions to that the peace of heaven would enclose and enfold the earth. Very important. Uh, Let me just pause there because uh, I didn't tell you who to pray for today. (sighs) Today, I would say pray for uh, the vice president. Why not? We'll pray for her. Kamala. Uh, Because I I think she's confused as well. Um, Because yesterday... She gave a speech about uh, life, and uh, she was referencing um, she was referencing the Constitution. I think it was the Constitution, uh, maybe the preamble. And she did something unusual. She uh, she said, "We're pursuing uh, liberty and happiness." She, le- she was quoting, but she left out the life, because she was uh, angry that uh, Roe v Wade was overturned. So let's pray for her today. We ask that uh, we ask that the Holy Spirit would come upon her and give her the fullness of the truth, that she would know that life is indeed important every single life, from the smallest to the, to the, to the oldest, all life is important. So what she said was this, um, America is a promise. It is a promise of freedom and liberty for all <laughs> freedom and liberty, but, but no life. You can't say that because, you know, that would go against, I guess, her ideals, who knows? So we lift Kamala up to the Lord. Lord bless her with your truth. Amen. Uh, Okay, back to the Beatitudes. So the similarity between the Ten Commandments, which in fancy terms, uh, theologians call that the Decalogue, and the Beatitudes. Both the commandments and the Beatitudes, they're given to us by God. Uh, Therefore, they are not uh, the constructs of human wisdom or reason. These are divinely revealed manifestations of god's will and purpose for man you you must realize that which makes them incredibly important and such a great gift to man that we would have a god that would be so uh generous as to give us exactly what we need to be happy in life and to be holy and saint and become saints where we can join him in heaven so we know over the centuries from the very beginning of human history that god has given what we call revelation to the human race. He wants to reveal to us who he is and he also reveals to us what he wants. And so both the Ten Commandments and the Beatitudes are divine revelation of God as to what he wants. And if some people might think, well, I don't care what God wants. Well, then you would be a very ignorant person, and I would also say that's a little rude. You know, this is the person, the three persons who made you, who willed you into existence. Um. You know, it's like, how can you be so uh, prideful as to take an attitude like I don't care? And and that's the lukewarm that Jesus speaks about spitting out of his mouth in the Book of Revelation. It's those, the ones who are are are. just they don't have any care about God. They don't say they don't believe in him. That's an atheist. This is uh, agnostic. He might exist, but I don't care. So we pray for them too. The second thing we must understand is that both the commandments and the Beatitudes are uh, kind of enumerated uh, God to be this great mathematician you could say he counts all things all the number of numbers revealed in the bible you think about all the important numbers i know there's somebody listening my friend named leah who's she's so in tune with the numbers as as in revealing god's will and presence in her life what a great gift that is because it really helps people to discern uh Twelve, forty-three, seven. There's numbers that seem to be very important to God, and ten is also one of those numbers. So we have the Ten Commandments, and then there's these blessings. There's some people say there's eight. When I count them, I count nine, but I, 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 maybe two of them were merged together at some point. I don't know, but when you read them off, as I just did, there's nine of them. And numbering things distinguishes one thing from another, and gives clarity and distinctiveness. So God wants to be very, very clear when He gave Moses the Ten Commandments. He wanted to be very clear uh, that He began each beatitude with uh, with the word "Blessed are they who." Blessed are they who, and they're specific. Uh, there's no generic directives like do good and avoid evil. Both the commandments and the Beatitudes were given to a chosen people. Remember that. The Jews in the Old Testament and the Christians in the New Testament are chosen. Now, the New Testament, Christians have a directive to make everybody a disciple of Jesus. So, they, they really, you could say, they do pertain to everybody, but first you would have to become a Christian. But they would be a good advice for any person. It would just be harder to understand them if you weren't Christian and you didn't understand what Jesus did for you. Otherwise, they might be very difficult. So, uh, very quickly, when Moses receives the Ten Commandments from God... Do you remember the story? It says the thunder and the lightning was uh, on the mountain, and it was there to impress the Jewish people into what was happening on the mountain between Moses and God. Uh, That wasn't by coincidence that there was lightning and thunder all around the mountain as the commandments are being given. So the people paid attention, although they quickly dismissed them. Um, But in the New Testament, The Beatitudes were not given to uh, a prophet. Moses, you could say was a prophet. No, Jesus is giving these, God is giving these directly to man, directly one-on-one. There's no intermediary in the New Testament. Jesus is going directly to the people. So God himself gives us the Beatitudes. As St. Paul says uh, in the very opening verses of his letter to the Hebrews, uh, Paul says that God in certain times and in diverse manners spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. Last of all, in these days, he has spoken to us by his son. So very interesting. So Christ himself... He's, you could say he's the incarnation of the Beatitudes, and he gives us the Beatitudes for a way to live a life filled with life, filled with life, uh, a life that is um, uniquely pleasing to God. Wouldn't that be a wonderful way to live a, a life that's uniquely pleasing to God? But we have to remember, I I just want to go back to the Ten Commandments. You know, some people would look at the Beatitudes and think, well, that's a very good way to live, perhaps. Perhaps that's all I need. All of this is tied to God himself. If you want to look at uh, the Beatitudes, it's sort of the summary of the gospel in, in as much a way as the Ten Commandments are kind of a summary of the law. And in neither case can we embrace them to the exclusion of the rest of the scriptures. When you look at the Ten Commandments, nine of them are prohibitions, meaning uh, you can't do not do this. All of them are commandments. All of them must be followed. It's the law. They have to be obeyed. When a law is broken in uh, society, uh, there's a penalty. In American law, the penalties can include uh, fines, imprisonment, or sometimes even death. It's death penalty for certain crimes. Uh, in the Old Testament, God instituted a curse for those who broke the law. Uh, if you read the book of Leviticus, which very few people read, because it's, quite frankly, it's pretty boring. It's all about blessing, blessings and curses and cleansing and all sorts of things. But... In there, the, the, God does mention many curses. Now, what happens if a lawbreaker repents and seeks to return to God? Well, the law makes provision uh, for an elaborate system of sacrifices in the Old Testament. There would be this day of atonement that things could be restored. But now in the New Testament, it's so much easier. So much easier. Repent and turn back to God with all your heart. If you're Catholic, that would involve going to confession. Uh, But the pure heart is so important. To have a heart that's intentional, intentional in turning back to God, very important. You can't just have lip service with God. He knows your heart. So if your heart isn't there, say, Lord, you know my heart, and you know my attachment to this sin. Please give me a heart that loves you more than this sin so I can return to you with a pure heart, fully intentional. And he will do that. He wants to do that for you more than you want to do that for you. So I would say today, if you have time, uh, take out your Bible and go through the Beatitudes and ask the Lord which one of those is the one you would struggle with the most. You know, when I think of the, the, the last one, <laughs> blessed are you when they're persecuting you and, you know, trying to kill you. Uh, Hopefully, most of us aren't going through that, but it may be in the near future. It could be. Who knows? Uh, The world changes so quickly now. Go through those Beatitudes and ask the Lord to uh, give you a heart that embraces them completely, fully, and joyfully. All right? This is Father Dan. Have a wonderful day. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This is Father Dan signing off.